1: I want to give a shout-out to our Snack Samurais. (laughs) Uh, That's what I'm calling them. Great. Uh, Also, they're just our cinnamon rollers in our Snack Samurais. That uh, we have our Wandering Aimfully uh, program where we have a Slack channel, and I- think it was katie shout out katie who started the thread based on last episode's discussion of our top three snacks and then we had a really nice just discussion of everyone's favorite snacks
0: got the cinnamon roll rolling
1: yeah i will say that the majority of people oh i gotta give a shout out to steve steve also number one snack on his list pringles that's
0: right steve, that's your fellow pringler
1: love you uh number one recurring theme yes. chocolate Chocolate, number one really? recurring theme on people's snack lists, and a lot of it was just like I'm
0: such a savory girl, dark
1: chocolate. That was it. Like sometimes it was covered things like dark of chocolate course. almonds or whatever, but like just dark chocolate. Like along the way, like was really a favorite. Just a favorite.
0: Dark chocolate, really. In the past, I feel like decade has really uptick. Yeah, uptick. Well, it's because uptick.
1: it's like the health part well, of that's it. Exactly. You know what what I mean? it is? Like milk chocolate. Poor everyone milk chocolate. Everyone knows. Hundred percent. No,
0: poor white chocolate. Not healthy. White chocolate is just like the decadent.
1: White chocolate. Two hundred percent. Bad for you. Bad,
0: actually bad. Do you remember
1: uh, Hershey's cookies and cream bars?
0: Are you kidding me? I'm just I asking. would ask my mom after summer camp to pull into the gate station right. That's a gas nice. station in yeah, Florida, yeah. right outside of camp, because specifically cookies and cream for bar. The cookies and cream Hershey's Bar. I think there's cocaine. I think there was cocaine in those. Oh my god! I think there cocaine just, in those. It would melt in your hands, and it would be so Hershey's, delicious. if you're
1: listening, did you put cocaine in those? Did you put a little bit of? You sprinkler? can tell us. It's fine. Co- there was cocaine and coke. And Coca-Cola. It was fine. Until when? 80s? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, anyway, that was just my little snack preamble. Uh, but you have a preamble that you wanted to bring up, which I should have been recording, but we were doing like the pre-planning of a podcast episode here on the couch in the fart studio, and you just kind of went on like a little, you had a little moment, and you like did, went on a you road. you looked at
0: me, and I was like kind of fading into, the, you know where I go, where yeah, I it, just, I just my consciousness tries to just escape. I'm just like, I can't handle what's happening right now. And you were like, are you okay? Are you having a moment? And I was like, yes, I'm having a moment.
1: Imagine if you looked in a mirror and the version of you in the mirror knew they were trapped in the mirror for the rest of their life. That face of realization is what I just saw.
0: Hey, I'm not in like a place where you can give me that visual because like the existential part of me like really got kind of triggered by that oh,
1: oh that's not good i was like oh my I god they're tra-
0: trapped
1: <laughs> <laughs> i was more trying to set the stage for the listener to be like wait how's she feeling and then if they thought of that they'd be no, like that's oh i, scare I people. relate to that also
0: if you're like an like a deeply feeling person like me like i yeah. was like immediately in the shoes of a person stuck in that mirror oh, no. and it was just like a really scary here's for here's them. what happened what's up they got out thank you
1: yeah oh my god <laughs> for everybody who's an enneagram four they the got version out. of you in the mirror they got out when you walked away guess they're what happened stuck guess what happened they also walked away.
0: Yeah, yeah. They were like, "That do you gives think me a chill." Mirrors the are just
1: parallel universes. Hey,
0: I need you to stop. I need, I'm honestly too emotionally fragile to talk about mirrors right now, and like existence and parallel universes. How do they work? Look though?
1: at me. Help. <laughs> Help. Okay, give people your preamble. My God, preamble that was silly.
0: is very strange. First of all, I- are you okay? No. Okay. Like I'm being honest with okay. you, it's right. not okay. All right. I wanted to thank everybody for their very kind emails and thoughts and wonderful messages about our last episode and i'm happy to report that my dad does seem to be on the mend it is a very slow recovery slow 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 recovery but every day that goes by we're grateful that he is and he
1: he got diagnosed with covid oh for those of you you who did not listen listen to last episode episode,
0: he got diagnosed diagnosed with covid he's in a very 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 high risk uh group both for his age and pre-existing conditions and It was really scary, and um, but he's still on the oxygen, but it he seems to be responding to that, and just so happy to be in a little bit better place mental wise. Now the problem is that now that I'm out of the like just survival mode situation of like, oh my god, is he going to be okay? Like all of that. This is the first week where I'm trying to like kind of come back to center and be a person again, and. Anyone who's had sort of like a life curveball, you, at some point you have to like confront the inbox, confront the to-dos, confront everything that you've just been like ha- s- pressing pause on.
1: Well, that he- sweet letter you got in the mail about some stocks that you, someone <laughs> bought for some you 50 years ago. Some
0: stocks in Florida, whatever. <laughs> and so I'm dealing with that, which is just – I think it's all hitting me, which is fine. And so I'm, I'm a little bit engaged. If I'm all over the place for this episode, this is just where I'm at, yeah. actually. I'm a little bit just – overwhelmed by like all there is to come back to. I also was describing to Jason that I have this really weird thing that just developed like three days ago. And I don't, it's a weird medical thing. I mean, maybe it's a medical thing. I have developed this like very weird taste in my mouth. Yeah. And it's like a, I don't know how to describe it, but it's, all I can say is just like, it's different than your normal regular taste in your mouth that you just have like your resting taste in your mouth. And I know you listening are like, what's my resting taste in my mouth? The point is you're not supposed to, you're not not supposed to to have an awareness of the taste in your mouth. Um, You know how, if you've ever had like a, I don't know when this happens, but, you know, oh, when people say, like, they might throw up or something, they say they can taste pennies or something because it's, like, yeah, yeah, metallic. Yeah, it's, yeah. So you you can tell when there's a different taste in your mouth. It has been happening for the past three days. Is it a
1: metallic taste for you?
0: I can't say that it's like that.
1: Okay. Can you give me a an, an element the only, on the periodic I mean, table?
0: sour is the best way I can it. Sour? Taste. Like, I don't know if it's bitter or sour. What's the difference between those two tastes?
1: Uh, Bitter is, like, a rind of an orange. Sour is, like, a warhead.
0: It's somewhere in between those Okay
1: So it's a It's a bitter orange Peel warhead Is what you got going on It's just
0: It's really freaking weird Yeah And the first day I was like "Mm, It's kind of weird The second day I was like Oh that's really inconvenient Like that's still here And honestly I thought I attributed it to I had like a A little tingle Not a tingle I had like Okay Now we're just getting into All the (laughs) bottles That's fine This is a WebMD podcast (laughs) But I had, um, because of the change in temperature, I think I had like just an annoying like mucus in the back of my throat. This was like four or five days ago. And I was like, this is annoying. I was having to kind of like cough every once in a while. It was not like a cough. It was just like a clearing your throat. And it's it's annoying. And so I was like, I know. I will suck on some cough drops. And I probably had like 20 to 30 cough drops that day. I did look it up. You would have to have a lot of cough drops to, to like, have a toxic a amount of cough, okay. cough drops. Okay. Good to know. Good
1: to know. But I
0: – sort of the first day this happened, I was like, oh, it's a weird aftertaste from eating so many cough drops yesterday. Right. The second day, I'm like, oh, it's so inconvenient. It's still here. Third day – I'm pretty sure this is the fourth day. And now I'm like, am I dying? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I don't know. Yeah.
0: And so that is really weird, but I have struggled in the past with health anxiety. And if anyone doesn't know what that means, it basically – is in a, you know, I don't know how to describe it. It's just basically a preoccupation with all of your physical symptoms. And this is something that can sometimes happen when you do suffer from physical symptoms of, of anxiety because you don't, kn- if you haven't had it for a long time, you don't know. So so it's like, you know, a lot of the anxiety symptoms can be very physical. Uh, racing heart, um, pain in your chest, um, dizziness, like these things. And so you can very quickly go into like, there's something wrong in my body. And so I had to work through a lot of that when I was um, dealing with my anxiety stuff. But granted, there was stuff wrong in my body. Like We had to get my vitamins and my levels fixed um, to be able to come out of that. But all of that is just to say that this weird random rogue symptom on top of my overwhelm is a really – Weird distraction and thing that's like weighing on my brain because right. i'm like okay is something is something weird with my levels do i need to go get my blood checked to see if my vitamins are now out of whack because i did google it obviously right there are various different um explanations be, yeah you know some of them are love you know zinc related some of them are more like dehydrated can even be one of them. So now I'm like, I gotta drink all the water. Yeah, I gotta. But anyway, I just wanted to share that that's where my brain is at, and yeah. it is all over the place. Yeah,
1: and I am sorry that you're going through that. It's a bummer.
0: Well, it's just I can't imagine. Weird.
1: I can't imagine knowing the taste that's in my mouth. I like, know. Like I'm trying to think it's about really those i talking. I'm like nothing i got nothing and you can't at all. escape
0: it because it's there all the time yeah. and i was telling you right before we hit record I, i'm now i also just have this like frustration with myself because i'm like really like really just a sour taste in your mouth is like really well, or bitter we that's part know. of the problem we don't know that's
1: part of the problem if you could pin it down it's
0: very hard yeah
1: if you could be like it tastes like eucalyptus in my mouth Ugh, then we could be like okay th-
0: that's the thing although i don't think that would taste good in your mouth
1: no probably not it's a smell koalas eat it though and they seem to love it.
0: That's you're right. They eat that.
1: They do really do they eat eucalyptus. Anyway, that's uh, I think that's a, a interesting thing for us to share at the beginning of this because if this episode maybe why did doesn't you
0: convince me to share that, now I'm like that was so weird. No,
1: the reason why I convinced you to share this is because if this episode maybe doesn't seem as well put together, <laughs> it's because. We wanted to record an episode this week. We have our monthly coaching tomorrow, so we weren't going to be able to do the normal thing. We're like, we record on Tuesdays right. when we actually record on Wednesdays. Right. So we wanted to get something done, and we had a topic we wanted to talk about, which we're going to get to in a moment, but if it's not as coherent or crisp or we don't have as many like notes that we're referencing- It's that, because that's, of the sour, bitter taste in my mouth. It's because you have a sour, bitter taste in your mouth, <laughs> you know? And that's just something that we all have to deal with. So if any doctors are listening or it's dentists. A medical mystery. If any doctors or dentists are listening, please submit your uh, diagnostic from yes, us talking. We're,
0: we're crowdsourcing it right now. <laughs> this is where we are with healthcare.
1: I also told Caroline I bought some uh, some dental tools so that I could like, you know, we're gonna, work on my tartar and like do those things so while well, we're not gonna, gonna a dentist. give me a, an so I'm amateur do a dental, quick, dental. Quick little oral exam. exam. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought I'd see if there are any like, you know, like weasels living in there. Yeah. You know, if like someone just parked. I in, hadn't like, thought
0: about the weasels.
1: that's why I'm going to look, just to see. All right, let's get to the topic that we actually wanted to talk about now that we've gotten that out of the way. This sprang from a conversation with one of our Wandering Gameplay members, uh, who I will leave nameless because I didn't actually ask them if I could relay this conversation. I know they would be fine with it, but I'll leave them nameless. But basically what they said was, I'm at this really weird place where I'm looking at my business last year, going over like we're all in like taxes and all that stuff this time of year. And it's actually the best year I've ever had for my business. And it's a new business. So it's not like I'm like killing it like crazy. But I am finding myself wanting to change everything. Mm -hmm. But yet when I look back what I did worked really well. Mm-hmm. And specifically, like I am having these uh, desires to redesign my entire website. I'm having these desires to like change up my content strategy. I'm having these feelings of, oh, do I need to move to a membership even though I just launched my first course, you know, the second half of last year. Right. And I think this is such an important conversation for us to have because we've been through all this, but also... It brought back memories for me of another podcast episode we recorded. I don't remember the number, but you can scroll back and find it easily. Uh, And it's called Slow and Steady Wins the Race. And I think it was about two years ago now when we sat down and and I was telling you, I'm really just like, I'm feeling like we got to shake things up and, you know, whatever. And I remember you just being like, okay, well, like what's going on right now? And I think we were at like... I don't know, just under ten thousand recurring revenue with wandering aimfully's money, and and that wasn't enough for us to live our full life on and save and do all those things. But it was plenty of money for our business at the time, and knowing that we had like this full plan ahead and things were working, and we just had to be patient and we had to stick with it. So there's a lot of things to unpack. There are a lot of things to talk about, but that's just setting the stage of. Yeah, I think this
0: is maybe a scenario that a lot of people can relate to where, because in the beginning stage of your business, you are changing things up all the time because you're experimenting and you're seeing what, what's going to work and what do I like? And you really are trying to taste a bunch of things. Um, but the thing is, once you finally, one of those experiments starts to get a little bit of traction and you go, Oh, okay, I'm getting a little bit of revenue. It can be really hard to shift your mindset away from kind of let me try everything and let me experience the rush of new ideas to oh now I'm in like settle in for the slow and steady climb of just putting the work in and um you can't feed off of that high anymore and that's so funny that you bring up that conversation because I remember it exactly and I remember I I think I probably we had a couple of discussions where I got a little bit frustrated where I was like we do this we yeah. do this yeah. every time we're like we just aren't patient enough to watch the hard work pay off and we just take a left turn before we can ever see the fruits of our labor. And something about, you know, where we were with the business was just telling me like, we're on the right track. And I, and I think the way that I also, and I think you very quickly were like, yeah, you're right. But it took us having to have that conversation. Um, but I think there was this part of me that was like, maybe, let's just try a little bit longer and let's see, let's see what fighting our instinct to change everything does.
1: Right. There's this thing, especially for creative business owners who are listening to this and that's what we consider ourselves as a creative business owner. When you're constantly thinking creatively and you have ideas and you're, you want to push yourself and you like new challenges, business can be really boring because business is essentially just like make a thing that solves a problem for someone, have someone pay for that thing, deliver that thing to that person, and then like rinse and repeat over and over again. And that is very boring. It really is for a creative person, but it's also the thing that sustains you. It's Mm -hmm. the thing that affords you the ability to do more creative things. It's the thing that affords you the ability to try something maybe completely different or whatever. And so I think one of the things that I, I first said in this conversation was, are you maybe jumping on changing things a little bit too soon before actually giving this thing a chance to live and become something that runs maybe a little bit more efficiently. So you could do other creative things and this could run almost by itself. Mm -hmm. And so for us at this point, like wandering aimfully as a business cannot run by itself, we have to constantly be putting input into it, but teachery as a business it pretty much runs itself nonstop. And that's a business where we really don't have to inject a lot of creativity or do things. And last year was the first year we really did that in forever. But I think what I'm trying to get at is There are certain times in a business and there are certain types of businesses where it makes sense to continually be trying to be creative and challenging yourself doing things. But there are other times where it's like, just get the thing running and let it run and be okay that it might be a little bit boring Mm -hmm. and that's all right. And put your creative energy toward other things.
0: Yeah. I mean, we had an entire episode on that about longevity versus legacy. So if you are interested in that topic of kind of how to balance things that are maybe a little bit more boring, but that make your business money versus things that are a little bit more exciting. But, you know, that maybe the market isn't as clamoring for. Check out that episode. But I think you're, you're absolutely right. And it's just, it's a really hard thing though, right? Because it's absolutely unique to every person's business and every person's own way that they work. Because my brain is like, I know someone listening, their next question is like, yeah, but how do I know? How do I know when to forge ahead and stay the course? And when do I know that it's time to switch it up? So what would you say to somebody who's asking that?
1: Yeah, I think you have to look at the data. Mm -hmm. And so I think you really have to look at like, is my business making my minimum monthly magic number, as we call it my mm number. Mm -hmm. Um, And if it is, then good, you're probably on the right track, you're doing the right things. And maybe you're trying to work toward your enough number. And so your enough number is that number that is two, three, five times your minimum number, that's always up to you. That's a very subjective thing. Um, but then you know, okay, what are the things that I can do to move to that next level? But if you're on the path from your mm, to your enough number, you have things in place, you're doing things, you're on a consistent content schedule, you you're have product launches that you're doing, you're taking care of your customers, then I really think you, what you have to do is tell yourself like, this is where I'm going to exist for the next year yeah and i need to give myself the uh maybe constraints of like hey you got to stay right here you got to stay the course you got to do the things you promised you would do and you need to see what happens
0: yeah and just to be clear like I think what we're really talking about, that doesn't mean don't try things. It doesn't mean don't try new marketing ideas. What that means is don't switch up core things like your offer, your brand name, your website. Like if something is working for you and you are making that minimum monthly magic number, give yourself the space to really let that breathe and to really see, you know, what that's going to do in your business and don't change the big core aspects of your business. Instead, use that creative energy to tweak the smaller things—the content strategy, the marketing strategy, the uh, approach to social. Like that doesn't mean you can't do stuff in your business. Like yeah. we're always switching stuff up in our stuff, switching stuff up in our business. Yep. It's about the big stuff, yeah. and we—I think we're just—we had gotten used to switching up the big stuff for so long because so many things weren't really working in the way that we you know, wanted them to, in terms of a solid foundation to run a business on, that by the time we found something that was a solid foundation to run a business on, we were like, oh, now we have to change everything. Like, right. or we have to change everything by changing nothing, if yeah. that makes sense. Like, we're so not used to this.
1: Yeah, I, I I definitely know that we've had this discussion a couple times. And and we even had it kind of in the beginning of William of like, this first iteration of the Wandering Aimfully website, as it sits, we think it'll give us two to three years of life we're coming up on the third year yep. of its life. And I can feel there are two parts of me. There's like the Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde of this. Like the Dr. Jekyll is like, leave it. It's working. It's bringing new subscribers. It, we got good content. We're ending up in Google search results and number one for a couple of posts that actually help us. Don't touch it. Yeah. The other part of me is like, Mm, but I'm a creative person and I want to express myself through our (laughs) website. And also a lot of things have changed in three years with page speed, with uh, Google's AMP service, which is basically like, I don't know if you search things on your phone on Google, sometimes you'll click a link. You don't actually get to the website. You get to Google serving you a version of that website that's super fast and super light. Our website doesn't do that right now because it's not set up for it. So there's things that I'm thinking about now, which is like, well, our website could be a lot faster. It could load a lot quicker we could get rid of a lot of code that's three years old and bloated and like all this other stuff and i think there's a lot of benefits to that in like the long term but in the short term i don't know that it's worth the time especially right now because exactly. we have so many other things that we're working on
0: exactly and you have to constantly weigh that for yourself is like i just think it's such a familiar trap that people fall into which is like well you know the website and it could be better and there are all these improvements so like yeah but, like, let's go back to what's really important here. Like, yeah. is your offer really connecting with people? Like, are you getting enough new customers? Where are you getting those customers? And yeah. so every time I think about those improvements, I'm like, yeah, but I still want to get, like, a better working, you know, funnel for our email newsletter. Like, I still – I think there are more important things to focus on
1: Yeah.
0: Um, that are going to – that kind of count towards stay the course, so yeah. to speak, rather than changing up these big – public facing parts of our business
1: somewhat related, but another wondering if i over that I was talking to basically said some version of this, which was, I just got my product launched. Mm-hmm. I I've got my content planned and like, I have a schedule for it. I'm doing like weekly stuff and I'm doing some articles and some social content and whatever. And they're like, I don't know what to do next. Like it's not selling, like do I just make a new product and whatever? And I think there's a really interesting place there where it's a it's a really hard answer to give someone of what they should do. Yeah. And I think w- what I ended up on with them was I think you need to spend some more time promoting this existing thing and creating content for it and like letting and seeing if that works and solves a problem for people. But I also do understand there's a, there's a finite amount of time you have as a business owner to like promote a thing that people may not actually be interested in paying for.
0: Right. Yeah. It's really, it can be really hard to know like that line between, did I not promote this enough or was the product market fit? Just not good. Right. And so that was, that's where we kind of ended up with, what was that this the fall of 2019 when we switched over to coaching yeah because it was this interesting place where we were getting new members into wayne but we were also like losing members yeah. and we weren't gaining them at enough of a speed right or at enough of a um you know
1: basically we were gaining almost as about amount, as many members as we were losing so it right. was like not enough it just wasn't sustainable
0: yeah. right yeah and so you know, I think you, you get a better read on things, the more years you're in business. And so we could just sort of subjectively feel like, okay, something is off here. Like I know what it feels like when there's traction for something and it doesn't feel like there's traction for this. Um, people were asking us questions, confused about exactly what Wayne was confused about the lifetime plan, like all these things. So when I think you're getting the combination of a little bit of confusion, maybe not the response, um, that you had thought about, you, If you don't feel that excitement, if you don't feel that, oh, I'm so glad this exists feeling from your customers, then it's time to switch it up and not stay the course and really, but that doesn't mean switch everything up.
1: Yeah, I think there's something really interesting because when you create like a course or a digital planner or like any type of digital product specifically, it's really easy to go, oh, no one wants this thing. And it's like, no, I think just no one wants the version that you created. I think that that version is not unique enough. It's not problem-solving enough. It's not interesting enough. There's something that's missing in it itself. And that's where you have to actually talk to customers or potential people who would buy it and see what they need and Mm -hmm. what they're missing out on. And I think that's a big that's a difficult hurdle when you're at this place in the beginning where you have no audience and no customers. And so it's really hard to get feedback. Mm-hmm. And I think just being completely 100% honest, we're not the best people to, listen to about that because we haven't been in that space for so long. Yeah. And I think if you can find other people who really focus on helping people in the beginning and those hopefully shouldn't be too hard to find. I would just ask around, like if I was going to give advice, I would say ask five business owners that, you know, it's five other creators, whoever it is who do they get their advice from at this stage? Yeah. And, and really try and find the people who are helping the people at that level. Because that's what we've also found with Wandering is we're not the best at helping people from the very beginning. Right. Like if you're just getting started, like should I use Squarespace or WordPress? Like we're not for you. Like that's, you should be further along than that for us to be able to help you. And trying to find those people who help you at each stage of your journey, I think it's really helpful when you're trying to kind of get going.
0: For sure. I think also people sometimes forget that some of the most pivotal moments in your business journey happen when you focus on like the core things and not maybe the sexy things. Like I do feel like sometimes people are like, oh, something's not working in my business. I need to create an entirely new thing. Like right. I need to launch a new product. That's always, I feel like the uh, the go-to answer for how to get more money is like, let me just spend all my time making this new thing. Um, because you're kind of manufacturing ex- product market fit by, by manufacturing excitement. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. Cause people like new stuff, right? Yeah. Like, and you might get a, you might get a little bit of an influx of sales in the beginning. Um, but then you're right back where you started, where you're like, oh, now I have like two products to maintain and I didn't actually find a good offer that really was sustainable. So instead, what we always tell people to focus on is like really getting your offer right and getting it where you can feel like you're solving a problem for your audience
1: yeah and knowing that there are a lot of people out there right like so often like we've had this discussion so many times of like oh a hundred people bought this course a hundred people is not a lot of people yeah it it, it is and it's not at the same time and I think that there are so many examples of this that we can see of like oh well the uh you know online course for branding market is really saturated but it's like yeah, but how many people are looking to learn about branding? Way more than have purchased the courses on branding. Right. And so it's about trying to figure out, well, where do those people hang out? How can you better reach those people? What's the marketing you can do to reach those people? What are the messaging points that makes your product stand out from the other branding courses as an example in this? Um, So I do think you're right. I think there's there's something really innate in us. It's like, let's make a new thing that'll solve all the problems. Only then you get on this constant make new thing, a hamster wheel and you could never get off as opposed to making one or two things really great and just continuing to improve on those and then find more people to buy that thing.
0: Totally. And finding ways to like, if something isn't working, if, if one of your offers, your course or whatever, isn't really selling the way you want it to really ask yourself is like evaluate the offer is it is it solving a a problem because it might just be the way that you're packaging it totally it might just be the messaging it might just be the pricing like really focus on tweaking those elements first because i'm telling you like when you get an offer that is a good offer you will be able to tell yeah because people will say i'm so glad this exists people will say um oh my gosh like how can i tell more people about this thank you so much. Like those, like you can just feel that. And that's kind of the next thing that I wanted to say is really have a self-awareness about whether you're someone who tends to lean towards the more distracted nature of wanting to build, you know, all the things all the time, or have self-awareness if you're the person who is afraid of taking risks and maybe just, uh, you know, kind of hesitates to do that. And then, When you know what your nature is, you can add balance to it. You can almost play like, you know, good cop, bad cop on yourself and be like, okay, Jason and I are people who have a million ideas. Our tendency is to lean towards make the new thing, make the, you know, 10 different products. And so we can balance that out because we have that self-awareness and go, you know what? I actually think patience is the right way to go this time. You know,
1: I think there's a, a hard truth in here that I want to make sure that we bring Tell us up the hard truth, and we Mr. don't, uh, over look over that is, do you have enough experience to make and sell this thing? Because this is a thing that I think is one of the biggest problems in the online business world, which is, you can see the success of other people yeah. and you go, oh, that person sold a course on minimalism or whatever. Yeah. I'm going to create a course on minimalism, but yet you're not a minimalist. You haven't lived a minimalist life. You don't know what that's like. You this is have, just an example. You don't
0: have a unique process.
1: You don't You don't have stories that you can share. You yeah. don't have the things. You just see the success of someone in a space and you go, I'm going to do that. Right. And, and I really think that this is a hard truth that a lot of people are not willing to grapple with, which is- oh, I actually don't have the experience or skill or stories or unique perspective to sell this thing. I'm not saying you're not ever going to have that. I'm just saying you have to earn having that to then be able to sell it. Build the skill. Exactly. And and so I think that there's no easy answer here on like, well, how do I know when I have enough skill? I think you know when you have enough, when you have a unique process, as you just said, like that's number one. I think you know you have enough when people are asking you about it. So if someone, if you're doing something out in, in public on social media or whatever, and you're sharing the way that you live and the way that you do things or the way that you think or whatever, and someone's like, hey, could you help me do that thing? Then you know you're onto something. Right. But if you just, Pluck an idea out of the sky and go. I want to make a business around this thing because I see other people are doing it,
0: or I, or that I took five courses on it.
1: Yeah, I just think that that in itself is a very difficult way to build a business, right? And and I don't see I don't see the through to success, the through line to success in that because you're always going to be repeating things that other people have said, which means you're going to be repeating things other your your potential customers have heard already,
0: yeah. and you're also gonna end up spending the majority of your you know life of your business in this scarcity mode because you're going to feel like an imposter you're going to be yeah. like I don't know where this where how to you know write content because I don't know where I should come up with this information and you're always going to have to look outside of yourself versus if you've done the time of building the skill you're like a wealth of information you have such an abundance of stuff to share because it's your experience and you can talk about it for days, you know. Yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's why for us, uh, we got asked a bunch early on, like, how do you run a paid membership community? Like very early on in yeah. aimfully. And I said, I'm not gonna write about this because I don't feel like we run a successful paid membership it, community. We haven't
0: figured it out.
1: And now, two and a half years later, almost three years. We figured it out. Yeah, And so I actually just wrote this article to a friend who is building his own paid community because he did a video and I just had all these thoughts. And I was like, oh, I've earned the ability to write this article. And like, if we wanted to, we could create a course or whatever, or teach a coaching session on it because now we have the experience. Right. We have our unique processes. We've learned all the ins and outs of it. And now is the time when I feel like, great, I spent we spent two and a half years doing this we can now teach about this confidently. Yeah. Um but that's just you have to like you have to swallow those hard truths. You have to be willing to accept the fact that oh, I don't know enough about this. So no, I'm not going to try and build a business around it. I'm not going to try and sell a product around it. And that's okay. You can yeah. just be building your muscle around it. You can be gaining experiences, you can be learning things, trying things, experimenting and kind of figuring just it out. Just like
0: you have to swallow the hard truth going back to the whole point of this episode of if you're the type of person who often will shake things up in your business because of all kinds of reasons like fear you know sometimes will make people do that or believing that you know self-sabotaging sometimes like stuff is going well and you just decide to completely take a left turn human
1: thing that we do we're such weird
0: humans but like you have to swallow that hard hard truth as well and go why why am I doing this like why am I feeling antsy Um, is it because I'm getting close to actually making the amount of money I want to make and I don't feel like I deserve it? Right. Oh shoot. Yeah. Is it because, uh, I'm afraid that once I, once I reach this certain level of success, people are going to expect more from me and I don't like the way that feels like really digging into those reasons for why when you get so close to that goal that you've been working towards or that offer that's actually working you decide to switch it all up,
1: Yeah, you know? Yeah, and I think that there's something to be said for, you know, we are big advocates of mental health. Like, if you are dealing with any of those thoughts, seek out a therapist. Like, talk to someone about, work through some of these things so that these limiting beliefs, you can actually, like, get out of your head and and share with someone and work through the reasoning behind them.
0: Yeah, one of the things, too, that really helped me when we were in that spot of, like, I think we just need to hold on and, like, stay the course was also kind of saying to myself, like, don't you deserve this? Like yeah. don't you deserve to not run around like a chicken with your head cut off all the time? Don't you deserve to just wake up and be happy and be feel calm? Don't you deserve to not constantly feel like you're hustling for whatever this this you know climbing the mountain of more as yep. we as we say often? And I would just remind myself, yes, like i I do want that and I do deserve that and so if it means fighting my instincts of trying to sabotage it so that I can give myself a little bit of peace and finally get to that place of financial security that I've been you know working for for so long um sometimes you got to give yourself that little pep talk and say you deserve this you yeah. deserve to not have to work so damn hard every single day
1: and be willing to spend the next year being boring yeah. like be willing to just like rinse and repeat the things that work make more money, save more money, and live a life that has more balance to it and maybe feel a little bit bored. Yeah. And that's okay. It really is. And I think that like all the different seasons in life, especially these past 12 months that we have all dealt with in so many different ways, there are so many stresses and pressures that we're we're under. If business can be one of those less stressful things, that's amazing good point point. and and so just to give yourself a little bit of room to go okay I'll stress out about like all the other there's stuff there's
0: enough chaos there's <laughs>
1: a bitter slash sour slash yeah. weird taste in my mouth yeah. I don't want to stress about that I don't want to stress about getting more customers exactly yeah. or redesigning my website uh, okay let's wrap up with our movies from last week
0: oh it was a we good we had one. two
1: good ones yeah. we had a good weekend so we do classic movie night every Saturday yeah we watch movies from the uh, mostly 90s and early 2000s yeah I
0: would say we go Oh, like 85 to 2000 yeah very, like our sweet spot. very
1: rarely are we in the 80s but we have we've had a couple 80s i mean we've
0: had quite a few 80s all right we've
1: had some 80s the two movies from this weekend uh-huh. we had we
0: kicked it off with captain ron
1: is it captain ron or is it captain no ron? it's
0: captain ron okay um which uh features martin short yep and kurt russell yep. as a sort of uh How would you describe him? Clumsy, careless captain who is trying to teach them how to sail this boat that they inherited. And the reason that we picked this is because I distinctly remember watching it as a kid. And I wanted to see if it was still entertaining. Right. And, I mean, it was dumber than I remember. For sure. Yeah.
1: The comedy is definitely like low brow slapstick yeah but
0: i still really found it entertaining it was it was an
1: enjoyable watch Uh, there was not a point in the movie when i wanted to turn it off there were points when i was like this is kind of hokey and silly i feel
0: like okay normally we also go off of our mood when we make our picks and you're like i'm in the mood for a comedy adventure Yeah, Yeah, yeah and so i searched by the way shout out to IMDb imdb's advanced, advanced search. search yeah yeah i search by decades and then you can search by genre and yeah. i and you can do multiple genres so i did action adventure or yeah. i did comedy adventure and this was in the list and i was like this is a what comedy else did you adventure. find adventure what
1: else did you find three musketeers that was the other one you mentioned yeah so that that's was probably gonna one be an upcoming that we
0: were deciding but it, there, a lot of family movies fall into that yeah so comedy
1: adventure. uh captain ron would recommend
0: i would give it What's I, our scale? Ten. Yeah, I would give it a six.
1: Yeah, I'd like give it I a, wouldn't
0: be excited to watch. I right. give it
1: a five. I would. Th- to me, this is like we've watched movies now for a hundred weeks or more. Yeah. So like we've watched, I mean, almost two hundred movies at this point. We're getting to a place where like w- this movie fits into our schedule. A year ago, not on the schedule.
0: Oh yeah. So no, like we if were, you're
1: early and you got like a lot of movies to get through from the nineties and two thousands, this is not one you no. need to watch right away. i give it a six. But yeah, put it on the list. Uh. What was your favorite part uh, of Captain Ron? I'll say mine while you think about yours. Okay. My favorite part is that you have writers who wrote this movie. Your yeah. brother pointed this out as yeah. well. The main character's name is Martin. The <laughs> Martin, actor Martin
0: Short's character's name is Martin.
1: The actor is Martin Short.
0: Yeah. Come
1: on guys, like it's just such like a stupid silly thing but Martin Short can be named something. Give him a name.
0: Also, you pointed out that the scene that comes to mind in this movie is the shower scene. Yeah. You pointed out that there are straight up nipples. Like straight yeah, they're, up.
1: Well, watch Ooh. out, Mike.
0: Straight yeah. up. And I was like. It's PG-13. I, I watched this yeah. when I was like a child. You had
1: one F-bomb and you had some top-down view of nipples. <laughs> I
0: guess it's fine. Now that I think about it, I'm like, oh, nudity, whatever. I mean, we
1: should also free the nipple. Free but, the nipple.
0: But like, free both nipples, But actually. didn't expect
1: it. Like, I was like, were yeah. those nipples?
0: Also, it was, I don't know. It's Martin Short. Yeah, yeah. You're <laughs> like, yeah. St- you're Good job, Martin. Ugh. Anyway. All right. So, Second movie. Ooh. ooh, ooh.
1: Okay. So, uh, as you guys know, Cinnamon Rollers, I am a huge Jean Claude Van Damme fan, big big. I've got Huge. a Jean Claude Van Damme podcast coming out at some point in the future, accompanied by my IKEA furniture installation podcast as well, where you yep. just listen to me install IKEA furniture. That's right. Uh, these two podcasts will probably never happen, but I like to talk about them. Jean Claude Van Damme, amazing actor. Yeah. we've watched a handful of his movies, and more than not, more than not, enjoyable. You've enjoyed them, yes, and correct. you did not think that you would. No, it, but I
0: I do it kicking and screaming every I time. I know you do. I have an aversion.
1: So a couple of weeks ago, I said, Ooh. I just remembered a movie that I think you will like, Cliffhanger. Which
0: I had never heard of, yep. couldn't tell you a single thing about it. Yep. And I was like, "Is this a JCVD thing?" And you were like, "It's actually not.
1: It's Sylvester Stallone." Right. And I said, "What? What? I? What hooked you? Yeah. Remember what hooked yes, you? Yes, what I was do. it?"
0: The your tagline that you sold it to me, which yeah. by the way, you actually did not do a great job. But he sold it to me as the Fugitive on Ice. Yes. Is what, <laughs> is what he told me. And for those of you that don't know, the Fugitive is one of my favorite movies With of Harrison all time. Ford. Maybe yeah. top five. Yeah. It's Harrison Ford. It's a thriller. Like I watched yeah. it yeah. so many times when I was little, and I was like, "Oh, the Fugitive on Ice." So I'm picturing like U.S. Marshals on right, ice. is right, what I'm right, picturing. Right. Like. He he gets accused of a crime that he didn't right, commit, right, right, and they're coming right. after him and whatever. No, 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 no. no, no. However, but he did. He d- was smart because it got me hooked, and then within five minutes into the movie I was like it's not an 11 like
1: I was like you were you loved it I looked over at one point and you like had your face covered (laughs) and I was like wait is this good or bad you're like no this is good this is like I am loving it
0: loved it yeah I mean the writing was not great for For, sure John Lithgow's accent listen really bad
1: Sylvester Stallone is not a great actor as far as like Meryl Streep is a great actor right however Sylvester Stallone, like Jean-Claude Van Damme, just has a presence in a movie that is undeniable. I will
0: also say, I don't know, unpopular opinion. Sylvester, I think, is a better actor than J.C.V.D.
1: Well, we haven't watched the full canon of J.C.V.D., no, so I'd ha- like you to. We've,
0: we've, we we have we watched. watched so much of it. I agree
1: with you. So, okay? slides are better. Slides, slides are better. better.
0: Like he he's more natural on camera. But I really liked. It was, it was first of all beautiful scenery. Really
1: good cinematography. Great cinematography. Yeah. yeah.
0: Um. It had you know really i was just an exciting plot
1: yeah honestly there were
0: some interesting
1: watching it back i had not watched dynamics. it in a long time i forgot john lithgow was in it which he is a big part of it um i forgot like the special zone's love interest like they don't overdo that at all it's actually a really complex relationship which is very surprising for a slime movie you just expect him to like all make love to this person right, all right. the time, uh, but it was great. The action was great. The story was great. The like little plot twists were fun. Yeah, um, I I really yeah.
0: because my expectations are so low. Yeah, like I'm giving it an eight. I'm giving it. An Come eight. on,
1: why is it not a nine?
0: Well, first of all, <laughs> no, the writing is what takes it down to an eight for me. <sighs> it wasn't like dang it. And honestly, what about Leon? Leon was great. Yeah. But John Lithgow's accent takes it down literally seven point seven five points yeah. just for that. This accent. is one
1: of my least favorite things in movies. Adam Sandler does this in a lot of his movies. You don't need an accent. You're a great person. I'll believe that you're from Russia. Just speak normal. Yeah. I, I would rather than be distracted I mean, by I'm, an accent.
0: Honestly, John Lithgow, like the accent, the choice, theoretically, yeah. definitely did give off like a I'm the mastermind of this yeah. whole thing. It gave me like what's his name? Vibes from Die Hard.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. like
0: just where you're like, oh, you have an accent, and so you're like the mastermind, and you're bad. But also, bad.
1: you just didn't need it. Like you're John go you're a good actor. You can deliver that performance. Also,
0: I literally just it just occurred to me, what a weird trope that like you have to have an accent to, to be like be a, a bad villain. Guy. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. What a weird xenophobic. That's a thing. weird.
1: That's a weird thing. that Maybe okay. that's what it is. Maybe that's why all these like '90s movies like have like the bad guy is foreign. It's like. Oh, we don't have bad guys here. Like, we got bad yeah. guys. Yeah.
0: Okay. Sorry. I interesting. just had like an interesting, interesting revelation with that. So, yeah, let's think more critically about yeah. our. All
1: right. Well, I think Cliffhanger is a must watch on our list. I would say.
0: I, I would. Yeah. If it's you're, a must If you're someone who enjoys like action thrillers. Yeah. Um, And just go into it with very low expectations. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. And I enjoyed it. Uh,
1: The end lower your expectations even more
0: oh yeah it gets <laughs> it gets progressively cheesier through the whole thing so let me just be clear yeah the fugitive on ice was a bad like description let I, me just be clear i the still fugitive stand by it. is like i would give the fugitive like a critically acclaimed like award
1: 10 out of 10? Cliffhanger, you give it a 10 cliffhanger 10 out of 10 yeah
0: cliffhanger no we're not getting any but listen critical you're acclaim. giving
1: cliffhanger 8 out of 10 if fugitive on enjoyment 10. so fugitive on ice sounds appropriate to me <laughs>
0: The ice brought it down to <laughs> pegs. Exactly. <laughs> not the cheesy writing. Uh, all right.
1: Those are our two movies Captain Ron and uh, Cliffhanger with Sylvester Stallone. Also, we realized in this, I did not know this, although I think you probably told us before, you have not seen any of the Rocky movies. So I think None. we're going to queue up Rocky four. We're going to literally r- start, with the, is, start with the best one. We're going to start with the best one.
0: Stairs and boxing.
1: There you go. That's you pretty much got it. Yes, yeah, you got is it Adrian? Yeah. A character? Yes, it is. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but we're going to start with four because Ivan Drago is just amazing.
0: We're going to start with four. Yeah, we're going to start with four. I don't four. feel like people are going to be happy about that at all. I
1: don't think they are, but I don't care because four is the best one. And if you like it, then we can go watch the other ones. But I'm not going to start with one and then you never end up watching four. That would be a letdown so for you. So you're
0: me. saying one sucks?
1: No. I'm just saying four is the best. And I want to make sure that that one gets watched. Because I, I think, don't want you to watch think, one and be like, nah, I don't really want okay, to watch the other one. I'm going to
0: need a little bit of time, though, because two back to back Sylvester. Weeks. If we
1: don't watch JCBD's back to back weekends. You get some space. Everyone needs a little bit of space from Jean Claude. You know, everyone needs a little. I even, nah, I could maybe watch Mainly because
0: day. of how many splits he does. He just <laughs> needs some time to recover from those buns. <laughs> Remember? Wait, what was the one where he just... His... Time Cop. No, 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 it wasn't oh. Time Cop. I think it was st- maybe, not the Street Fighter one, the one that's like bo- the kickboxer thing. What's that one?
1: Oh, uh, Bloodsport.
0: Bloodsport.
1: Where he was on the chairs? Is that what you're talking about?
0: No, I'm okay. talking about... <laughs> he does
1: the splits so much. <laughs> <laughs> why I'm I was...
0: not talking about the splits. I'm talking about the scene where he just for no reason has a towel around his butt and drops it for no reason. Oh no, it's the underwear. It's the underwear underwear. that he pulls up, but he pulls it down (laughs) to to pull pull it up. up. You're like,
1: um, hey here's the thing it sounds like you want to do the JCVD cast don't. with me i don't it sounds like you're a big fan <laughs> uh, i'll
0: be the co-host
1: i need to do this podcast you need
0: a voice of reason on that podcast
1: i really do uh all right everybody thanks so much for listening we hope you enjoyed this episode we know it was a little bit all over the place i'm gonna go grab my dental tools gonna take a look inside <laughs> guys
0: we're gonna figure this out girl's mouth
1: and we're gonna see what's going on uh, find the weasel and get it out of there And we appreciate you listening. We appreciate the feedback, the emails, DMs, whatever. Uh, It does mean a lot to us. It's what helps us keep recording these episodes every week. So thank you so much. We will be back next week with another episode.
0: See ya. Bye. Bye.